Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on Fridays in May, each film touches upon Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Goya or the hard way to enlightenment and the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie at nortonsimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. It's Film Week on LAist 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. Sure looking forward to our annual Film Week Oscar preview coming up in early 2024. But between now and then... There are so many different organizations giving out their best of honors in advance of the Oscars themselves is created, I think, a lot of confusion for people who follow films. Seems like every organization, regardless of size, thinks it has to have its membership vote on honors. But one of the groups that has been held in highest regard over the years and uh, includes all of our Film Week critics is the L.A. Film Critics Association. This weekend, they're going to be making their selections for the best performances, the best artistry, and the best films of 2023. And our critics, all three of whom, just like all of our Film Week critics, are members of LAFCA, are Christy Lemire, Peter Rayner, and Charles Solomon. Christy, just to start us off a bit with um, how seriously everybody takes this responsibility, <laughs> you know, coming to the meeting this weekend. It's a great privilege, and we do take it very seriously. And we have this running email thread that goes on for weeks and weeks where it's like, oh, you got to see this. Oh, you got to see this. Here's a link to this movie. Here's a publicist for this movie. You got to see it. And so you sort of feel like, ah, I, I want to see it all. I've got to be ready. But there's a certain level of readiness you have to have going into it to feel like you can vote knowledgeably. And I view that, and I view doing a top 10 list at the end of the year as a, a great privilege that I don't take for granted. Um, but yeah, it is sort of like Cramming for a final exam, isn't it? Like, we, we got to get out of here, Larry. We got to go home. Yeah, watch I got to watch yeah, more movies. It's, <laughs> it's like a final exam where the teachers keep sending you emails. You know, have you read chapter seven yet? <laughs> We're having a special, uh, there's a special reading of chapter seven tonight with uh, the author discussing it and, you know, drinks afterwards. And I know we all get probably more than a dozen invitations a day yeah. to something. You know, my Not email just overflows. To, to see films and post-film film. discussions. Yeah. And, yes, and, endlessly. I mean, it is important, I think, uh, to, whenever possible, see these films, particularly if you're voting for, say, cinematography, to see it on a big screen. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but the, for better and, more, and for worse, uh, I mean, all of the critics don't see all films in theaters at this point. Some of them it's aren't impossible. even available. No, it's impossible. And so you do you do what you can. Uh, what bugs me is sometimes some of the, uh, the the critics in the group will will spring something the night before. You know, there's this masterpiece from Madagascar. I, <laughs> I know it's five hours. I know it's five hours long, but but you, but know, you, you must should, see it. You must see this to to make a, an adequate vote. Yeah. Well, I I picture also factions within LAFCA, and I may have to, I may totally have this wrong, but people like advocating for a particular film and trying to lobby other members. Does oh, that yes. go on? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of lobbying, which is fine. You know, I think what 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 we're discouraged from doing in the uh, preamble is to. Um, 
knock a lot of movies, you know, mm-hmm. to say, you know, this is a great movie as opposed to this is a great movie, unlike this terrible movie that everybody yeah. likes. Yeah. Nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. And and it, is it fun to get together and do this? I know there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into preparing for it. But is it actually fun to make the selection? It's nice to be together because we are also scattered. And, and increasingly, what we do, we do as freelancers. I, I like to say that I have six jobs and I have no job. You know, Justin Chang is a rarity and he's a full-time critic at a major newspaper. And so to actually all be together in one place where we're not just scattered is a great joy. We have bagels and coffee beforehand. We have lunch which not everybody enjoys in the outside world because we take a break halfway through to eat something. Um, but that part is nice. But there's, a, you know, the way we vote, there's like, you know, a wave can take over the room where someone's voting for it, another person's voting for it. You realize, oh, we're going to do this. Oh, this is a really cool choice. One thing I love about being in Lafka is that we will pick an out-of-the-box choice like yeah. Tom Hardy for Locke, you know? I, I, and that is, I think, what happens in the room where there's a sense of possibility and discovery. Yeah, I think the group is, is um, in many ways, has the most unorthodox choices of any of the three major groups, the others being the National and the New York group. Uh, you know, we've given it to, you know, famed Korean actresses and all sorts of people who normally just wouldn't be on the radar at all. Uh, and I think, um, you know, that's also this is the vote that we're having this Sunday is the first time we've all met in person to do this since 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't well, realize so you, yeah. did, you did it over, over Zoom. Zoom the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and as Christy said, we're so uh, isolated from each other these days because there aren't many screenings. Most of the films, and Peter alluded to this, you watch at home on your TV because that's the only way you can access it or it means a a two-hour drive to the one public screening they may be having. So we do come together. However, the Sarah, the the meeting proceeds with all the speed of Tolkien's Entmoot. <laughs> with uh, uh, these are people that I like... picture too. That this yes. would take because a lot of you were talkers. I picture this being a, yeah. a very extensive meeting. My suggestion, by the way, to have the lunch catered by the Three Star Michelin Restaurant in Fred Wiseman's documentary. <laughs> yeah, there you was, go. Yeah. It was shot down, but yeah, I, I tried. Fit you the know, budget. nothing well, ventured, nothing yeah. gained. Well, but at um, the speed we're going, we're going to need a midnight snack soon. <laughs> Yeah. Also, you you pick a life achievement award. You were mentioning earlier. Is that done at this meeting? And that was yeah. done before. Oh, okay. You've that's one of the few that's done pick. before. Is yeah. that for public announcement? Yes, at this point, sure. Who, who is that this year? Agnieszka Holland. Oh, you Polish. said oh, that was yeah. for this year. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's, all, that's also a very diverse list. That uh, you know, we've had Hayao Miyazaki, we've had actors, we've had cinematographers. I remember Doris Day, and that was quite controversial. I remember. Yes. Yeah. Well. Oh. Who also, would knock Doris Day? I, I would. Yeah. Well, the, the you know, it, it, we usually try to to give it to people who have not won Oscars. Mm-hmm. You know, people who were who were great but haven't been officially recognized in the way that they should be. Uh, that doesn't always play out or should play out. But uh, one year we gave it to Mel Brooks, and that unfortunately was a COVID year, so we 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 didn't have Mel Brooks in person doing his thing in oh, front of us. You know, that was that would have been great. But we did have Blake Edwards and Chuck Jones one year where there's actually a tie. Oh for wow! And both very worthy of of yeah. celebration. Yes, and that was lots of fun. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Uh, two very gifted uh, gifted people. Y- you mentioned the National Society of Film Critics, which uh, several of the LAFCA members are also in. That I think of that as a highly prestigious, very selective organization. You're in that, Peter. Is is their process similar to what LAFCA does? Uh, it's somewhat similar, although in recent years they have. Um, 
instituted something which I, I wouldn't be upset if if LAFCA did as well, which is to have a sort of preliminary vote in advance of the actual day of voting where you come up with your three choices. And then based on those choices, you vote on those rather than just sort of inventing the wheel at the meeting. Uh, and I think it, it does save some time. You know, LAFCA, I think, has 60-some members now, right? Uh, it's a lot, yeah. It's a lot. And, uh, and Nationals, I think, is is. 40 or 50. I mean, the numbers tend to go down because jobs go away. But um, uh, but in, in every other respect, you know, I think in, in one group, it's it's sort of open voting on the first ballot in national. It's, you know, you send a piece of paper to the front and then it's read out loud. So that's a little different. Um, you know, some of the way that you tabulate it is slightly different, but, you know, not to get into the weeds on it, but there isn't much of a difference. Um, but, you know, of course, all of the critic groups, whether they admit to it or not, want to be different, right? So if the New York group just voted for Killers of the Flower Moon for Best Picture, you know, there's a sort of, you know... It's less likely to yeah, be Yeah, I mean, you know, an L.A., San Francisco kind of thing uh, where, you know, you want to maybe do something else. But I don't know that that... I mean, it doesn't really factor in with me. I, I like to think that I vote for what I think is the best film, period. And if the other groups vote for it, so be it. And I think that's true for most of the people in the group. It seems like, you know, with some of these groups that, that start ever earlier, that they're almost trying to influence what's going to happen with Yeah, well, they want to be first on, they want to be first. And I think that's always been a problem for me. I mean, when, when, when I was in the New York group, they were always rivaling the, the National Board of Review, which don't what get me started. What is the National Board Don't get Board me started. That was my question. <laughs> they're it's, scholars it's, and academics. It's a bunch of anonymous educators who throw a great party at Tavern on the Green. Uh, <laughs> But they were always they always were first, and then New York said, "Well, we want to be first. So you know, it was like you know, shot for shot. And then people were voting like before Thanksgiving. So what are they voting? How can on? you the, even yeah. see the film? Exactly. What are you voting on? The trailer? You know. <laughs> I think well, that could what, be its own. I category. think the National Board of Review was voting. I know for a fact that a couple of films were were just not ready when they voted. So you know, and that's that was a problem more when we when we did have screenings that. Okay, can we, you know, is this going to be out in time for us to see to consider that's going to be a major release? And in some cases, we weren't sure. You know, is that going to be done? We're going to continue our conversation on Film Week with our critics. That's Charles Solomon, Peter Rayner, Christy Lemire with us. We're talking about the plethora of award shows. What does this all mean as, uh, of course, the studios and uh, actors and all look to promote their work using those award vehicles? We'll be back in a minute. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Goya or The Hard Way to Enlightenment by Conrad Wolf and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Bunuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on consecutive Fridays, now through May 31st. More information at nortonsimon.org. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps. Yeah. 
It's Film Week on LAS 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. In case you missed the reviews of our trio of critics, it's not too late. You can listen at your convenience by getting it wherever you get your podcasts or at LAS.com through the LAS smartphone app. You can listen to Film Week and subscribe to it as a podcast. Hear it whenever it's convenient. We're joined by critics Christy Lemire, Peter Rayner, and Charles Solomon. We're talking about the explosion of award shows and whether they matter, what this means uh, to films. And one of the points you all were making is about how hard it is now for critics to even see some of these films. You know, is it your sense that that maybe the studios and streamers don't put as much stock in what critics have to say through these awards? I think they're just psyched to finally be able to be back and planning events in person. And that's why there are so many things going on. And it's impossible to get to them all. You know, as, as we were saying earlier, like it's now, it's tonight, it's the director's there. And so, um, and because there are also streamers as well as studios, it's like double the content. And so it's just, it's a lot. We do our best to get to as much as we possibly can. And how many different organizations are that now? Because there's the broadcast <laughs> critics, the yeah. online, you said, uh, that there's a, there's a uh, gay film critics, there's black film critics, and I think just about every city has their own right. critics. With there's San Francisco, there's I'm sure there's Chicago, Phoenix, Boston, there's Seattle, yeah, Boston. Part Miami. of it is just commercial. It's like every city has a film festival, you know. So so every you know there's Asian so many American critical. awards. Yeah, yeah, I mean I I think part of it is just a species of PR. But you know when we were talking about access to these movies, it does seem like this year especially. You know, we used to get packages of DVDs from all the from all the studios. Now most of that is streaming, and some of it it doesn't exist at all. Weirdly, Netflix is the one company that still sends out DVDs yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, you get that big stack in the mail. If yeah, you're, I mean, if you're uh, an you know, academy from member. from the the major streamer. Yeah, you know, a critic. Yeah. Uh, whereas some of the studio, like Sony Pictures Classics, used to abhor all of that. Now it's it's just streaming. You know, I think that 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 may play into the idea that that they're they're less concerned with making sure that you've seen the film as a critic when you vote than they used to be because of the influencers, because of all the other things that are going on. Uh, you know, I think it just it, 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 it's, it's more of a of a sidelight than a main event for them to really target critics for awards. How is has and I know this is a bigger topic. We can explore it another time. But but I think um, the whole uh, awards season is is also a good time. How much of the of the sort of influence or role of critics has changed, Christy? Do you think it's it's not what it was? I mean, I don't want to think that. <laughs> I want to I think either. that what we do matters and that our insight matters and our experience matters. But um, there are a lot of folks who just have a YouTube channel and they just, they love movies. They're, they're, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Breakfast All Day. We're serious critics, Alonzo Duraldi and I. But there are a lot of folks who just, I love movies. Here are my thoughts. And they have an audience as well. So I think folks will seek out people whose voices they think matter or whose voices align with their experiences. And so, you know, maybe it dilutes the power of, of opinions. It's, it's hard to say. For our audience, I mean, the, your criticism carries tremendous weight. That's why yeah. this is a very listened to program people. Yeah. But I'm wondering for younger moviegoers particularly. I think, yeah, I think Christy has her a point that people go to peop go to sources they agree with. Um, they don't necessarily want to be challenged. And one of the problems, particularly for people who are interested in anime, which you know I write a lot about these days, is there's a whole group of well to use a nice word to be otaku, who anything that was animated in, in Japan is suddenly the gospel. 
and it's the next hot thing, and it's absolutely wonderful, and there's no discernment over better and weaker or serious discussion by people who understand how a film is made, what goes into it, what's in the design yeah. work. Well, critique is very different than just saying whether you like something yes. or not also. Peter, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's always been a sort of a split, and it's, it's more so now than ever, uh, between, you know, big commercial movies that are, in, in, in many respects, you know, critic-proof, and, you know, smaller indie docs, foreign films, animated, and so forth, where it's a more specialized audience. And I think that those are the people that that we speak to more than, than you know, I mean, no one's going to say, you know, damn, Peter Rayner hated the new Indiana Jones movie. Now I'm not going to go see it, <laughs> yeah. you know. But if I say, you know, I really think, you know, Concrete Utopia or something is good, yeah. you know, people will go see it. The problem is that a lot of that indie sector, those kinds of films, are, are, are mostly older audiences who are not turning out uh, in, in, in vast numbers to see films in theaters. And so it's very important that those films are accessible in other ways. And they can get lost on streaming services. Yeah. Netflix has is such a glut of films yeah. that it's so easy, to, and it, it might never come up in the algorithm to recommend for you. Yeah. Uh, I also uh, wanted to talk about the, you mentioned independent films, the Independent Spirit Awards, or Film Independent Awards, which are held in late February in advance of the Oscars. This used to be a really big deal because they highlighted films that really were not up for Oscar consideration, more what we used to call art house films. But as Oscar, in fact, has recognized a lot of films that would have been uh, film independent type movies, I wonder how that's changed, uh, Christy, your sense of, of film independence work. Well, I would say over the past decade, there's been an increasing alignment between the kinds of films that get nominated for Oscars and the kinds of films that the Spirit Awards tend to honor. I think part of that is because they have increased their budget limit for a long time, it was $20 million was the maximum budget your film could have to be considered for a Spirit Award. And now it's $30 million. The Cassavetes Award, which they give to really micro-budget films, um, used to be $500,000, and now it's a million. Maybe it's just everything costs more. <laughs> Maybe that's part of it. But I think what you see is them the kind of coming toward each other, where the Oscars have changed their membership and become younger and more diverse and more open-minded to challenging fare. At the same time, the Spirit Awards have raised their budget, so they're kind of getting closer to each other than they would. The Spirit Awards will still absolutely shine a light on films that you never would have heard of otherwise, and that's very exciting, in the documentary category especially, but um, but there is some overlap there now, yes. But they were created in an era when a moonlight would have never won Best Picture. Yeah, it's different. Or no, Nomadland. Of, yeah, <laughs> sorry. We're, we had a similar thing in animation we added the uh, independent feature to the Annie's because you've been getting such interesting work uh, from people like Cartoon Saloon and Tom Moore and some of the Japanese studios and French and other European studios that, you know, Tom Moore, unfortunately, every film he's made has been up against one of Pete Doctor's films from Pixar. I mean, and Pete is a great filmmaker. He's won three Oscars. Uh, but, you know, there's no way a, a Cartoon Saloon film is going to beat a Pixar film at the Oscars, but having a category for the smaller film in the Annie's recognizes the work that's often some of the most interesting being done, as opposed to, say, Trolls and the other franchises that How were How have the fed. Annie's changed over the years, if they have? Well, that was originally a very small group of, of awards that were given each year. It was chosen by a committee, and it was all for lifetime achievement. 
And the uh, Windsor McKay Award went only to an animator. And then they widened it, and now there are categories that people vote on. And there are still a couple of jury awards. Uh, There are three Windsors given each year, usually, to people like um, Lillian Schwartz, the pioneering computer animator. There's a June Foray Award to service, but the rest people vote on, and there are lots, particularly in TV. Peter, you quick comment? We Uh, need to wrap. Yeah, I I think the Spirit Awards affected the Oscars in that people were complaining that the Oscars were all going to films like Nomadland, and it was turning into a kind of glorified Spirit Awards. And that was one reason why they they expanded the Best Picture to 10, because they wanted to bring in more big movies, not just the smaller films that Ah. could just as easily pass in the Spirit Awards. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Peter Rayner, Christy Lemire, Charles Solomon, thanks so much for joining us on Film Week. Have a wonderful weekend. As a farmer's son from a desert region in California, J.B. Hamby thinks a lot about water. I spent a lot of time digging up history, particularly about water, which is the origins of the Imperial Valley. How this 28-year-old became the youngest lead negotiator on the Colorado River ever. And how he could shape the most consequential negotiations to date. Listen to Imperfect Paradise, the Gen Z water dealmaker, wherever you get podcasts.